friends, and welcome back to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This is This Changes Everything. With me, as usual, is my friend Jeff. Hi, Jeff, a.k.a. Therapy Jeff. What am I doing, getting all casual, calling you Jeff? I know. Right, it is Therapy Jeff. Remember that. Come on. Um, how Put some are you respect doing, on his name. Seriously. Um, how am I doing? I'm okay. Surviving, okay. not thriving, as they say. Mm, you know? Yeah. Like... I feel like uh, sometimes, like, I I don't know. I've, I've just been kind of having, I think this might be a transition from, like, season thing of, like, mm. winter. You know, I was, like, outside doing winter activities. Then in this weird in-between time, I've just stayed indoors a lot. And I think that's really starting to catch up with me. And I mm-hmm. just am feeling kind of like the depressy monster is is, like, showing up. And I have to like fight them off every morning. Mm -hmm. It feels like, and I think it's because I haven't been getting enough sunshine. Is it sunny over there now or is it still cold? I mean, it goes back and forth. You know, it's, it's sunny today. It's beautiful and sunny, but it's freaking freezing outside. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It just feels like, yeah, there's that weird sort of thing. Yeah, when you're not getting outside and it's cold and rainy or cloudy or yeah. whatever, you're sort of like every now and then kind of like fighting for your life when it comes to like feeling good and getting yeah. through the day. And then all of a sudden, eventually, this doesn't always happen, but for me, eventually spring has really sprung and it's sunny and it's warm. And then I step outside and I feel amazing. And it's just like, uh, all I needed was the sun. <laughs> That's, I've been yes. trying to create this myself, but really I just needed the sun to, sun, to, to shine on me. Yeah, that is 100% what is going on. And I just recognize like, and I've also been doing a lot of things like socially with Eli's family and like going out and doing a whole bunch, which I love. And it like fills me up in one way, but then it, you know, I almost need to like hibernate and like, Mm. I don't know, just recover, recoup from, from that energy that I Mm -hmm. spent. And then I think like, I don't, I overcorrect and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to sit on the couch and binge watch TV all day. And then that's probably what makes me feel kind of bummed out and getting those ruts. So yeah, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, at least you're aware of it. At least I'm aware. And at least, you know, I, I know that I, these are the days where what I, when I find that my, I feel overwhelmed or like there's so much going on and my thoughts are just like all over the place. Sometimes it helps me to get back to something that's like very, um, like, like a task that's very mundane, like a, a something that's just like a repetitive task. So the other day, uh, Eli and I volunteered at a food bank, like a, 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 it's like a meal program where they give mm-hmm. like healthy meals to people who are in need at people mm-hmm. who have uh, like illnesses. It makes it difficult for them to get food, especially like food that is very healthy and nutritious. Mm-hmm. And so we were working there. It was just like packaging things up, working an assembly line, putting fruit in bags. And I like three hours of that was mm-hmm. so helpful for mm-hmm. my brain. It was like the opposite of what I do a lot of times in, in other work. It's like, you know, I'm, there's a lot of thinking. There's a lot of decisions to be made. There's a lot of, uh, you know, being mm-hmm. on. And this was like the opposite of that, but felt like I was doing something to give back. And it really is like, you know, that there are, that there's like that the list of things that absolutely will increase happiness. And so I used one of those, which is, uh, you know, helpful acts 
for somebody yes. else or like acts yes. of service. And so I did a little bit of that and that helped. So, Good. yeah, you know, I, I want people who are listening to like, remember, you know, we are here talking about a whole bunch of therapy stuff, but we're people too. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I got the the bad days and the good days, just like everybody else. And yeah. And sometimes you manage, them. yeah, you, you manage those bad days in a way where you can start to feel better or you don't. And you're just sad yeah. and you watch too much TV, which makes yeah. you feel even worse. Like that was yesterday. Day. Uh-huh. And then this morning I was like, I'm done with that. I need to do something. I got to take mm-hmm. a walk. Eli was like, how can I support you? And I was like, you could take me for a walk. <laughs> so it's so sweet, but that's where I'm at. Where are you, Jeff? Uh, I'm also in my feels kind of having a hard time. I was telling you earlier uh, before we hit record that I'm moving, I'm moving tomorrow into my new house and it's very exciting. And I love that, but I'm like going through all of my stuff in this apartment. And I moved into this apartment right after my divorce, right before the pandemic, right when I was like my messiest self, um, like when it came to like relationships or emotions or mentally, like in every way, I was just really <laughs> messy. And I like, while I was living here, I would sort of like collect things and then stuff them into the back oh. of closets. And now I'm having to go through all that shit that I've been hiding. And it was kind of like, I was like hiding some feelings or avoid avoiding some emotions and I'm like forced to deal with them and I it's been hard and weird and I've been like wanting to cry but not crying which is not the the best thing to do (laughs) so I've just been like holding back these tears oh Um, let them out Jeff I know I need to yeah it's it so uh, I mean it's like swimming pools with these tears (laughs) I bet you could get get there Jeff uh it's also the, like, there's, like, stuff that I feel like I processed these past, like, at least this past year of, like, oh, okay, I made some mistakes and I hurt some people or myself and I've gone to therapy and really dug into it. And I thought it was that thing where it was, like, oh, I thought I was done. Apparently I'm not, you know? So, yeah. like, that's all. And my fucking therapist, who I love, you're amazing. I don't think she's listening. Um, but she been, she's been gone for the last two sessions, traveling and then sick. So I haven't had that like normal therapist checking uh-huh. sort of the release yeah. that, yeah, the reassurance exactly. and just, mm-hmm. it just does feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I am. Mm. Um, it feels like important to kind of like feel these feelings and get in, in touch with the tears and, yeah. uh, and I've been throwing a ton of stuff away. Do you do that when you move or do you keep all your stuff? Oh, you know, I I feel like I've downsized so many times that I've kind of been forced to throw a lot of things away and mm-hmm. I'm at the place where I'm like, no, I don't want to get mm-hmm. rid of anything else. Mm-hmm. We're going to make the room I've had, I've, I had, I don't want to throw away anymore mm-hmm. things. I want to hold on to my arts and craft supplies, even if I only use them once a year. So, <laughs> but I don't think that's the best. I did have to, <laughs> to do a lot of throwing away of, uh, my f- like I became the person who was hoarding all of our family's mementos oh, and memories. So yeah, yeah. I had all of my brother's clothing from when they were babies, all of my clothes oh. and they are cl- like, Whoa is right. And they are things that, I mean, honestly they're it's not like they're going to be used. It's not like if we have children, we're going to be using the stained little onesies. I'm, uh, we're going to get some new onesies. It's like other people's memories that then mm-hmm. I feel guilty throwing away, but mm-hmm. really 
I need to just throw them away. There's a, there's about four boxes of these like baby clothes and stuff like that where it's like, what? Nobody else wants these. What am I doing? Spending yeah. money on a storage unit to no, house the other people's Get memories. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess let go of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's time to let go of that. So maybe you and I, I saw this um, tweet or Instagram or something where somebody was like, Hey, if you're feeling 40% and you give 40% in that day, then you just gave a hundred percent. So yeah, that's good math. Right? I like that. Exactly. If you're feeling 10% and you show up and you give 10% and 10% is like, Hey, I brushed my teeth and I went to work and I, mm-hmm. You know, made sure I like uh, ate dinner, <laughs> right? Survived. It. Yeah, Sur- you, you just see, gave survive, not thriving. Yes. That's a hundred percent, hundred percent of the energy. You Sarah have. and I are going to give a hundred percent in this oh, podcast. Yeah. We oh, always do. Yes, yes. <laughs> always. And we have a wonderful topic today. I feel like something that that you know all relationships benefit from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is talking about the stages, and so we're we're pulling from doctors John and Julie Gottman. Are you a fan of uh, John oh, yeah. and Julie Gottman? Oh yeah. If you're a therapist or maybe just like a human, yeah. you love the Gottmans. They're you very love sweet. them. You don't yeah. even know that you love. These are the ones who like <laughs> who know about the uh, 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 love languages. These are the people we well, can no, like. They did. They did the love lab. Um, oh, yes, they, the love lab. Yes, they talk about love languages, but they didn't come up with the love language. Oh, but they like. I always, yeah, was, I, I always attribute that with them. Uh, no, actually, I'm giving them too much so, credit. You're giving them too much credit. It was somebody else who came up with the love languages who actually, so this is going to be annoying for everybody that's listening. Yeah. The person who came up with the love languages, he's actually been canceled. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and some people are trying to come up with like different love language, okay, love I see. languages. I don't even have like all the information about why he's been canceled. So this is just sort of like a cliffhanger for you. Got Go it. online, Google why the love language person has been canceled. I think he's done something very upsetting. Um, although, we still like the love languages. Yes, we, do. <laughs> we still did, appreciate the work. Did the Gobbins do like the four horsemen of relationship yes. apocalypse? Okay, yes, that's yes. what I'm thinking. Okay, the and the Gottmans. love lab where they were able to look at couples and say with like ninety something percent certainty whether they were going to yes whether they were going to get divorced or not. Yeah, based on okay. ridiculous. Which yeah. is, would you go? Do you think that you would take Eli to the love lab? Oh and yeah, we would be fine. For two or three? We're <laughs> passing. I know. What if I they already... say? What if they say you're gonna? You're not gonna make it. What would then you? Then I'd do? be like, oh, Sarah, you're part of you're, the three percent. Yeah, uh, you're you're you are. No, I would be like, <laughs> if if this isn't a healthy relationship, <laughs> I'm out. I'm I'm thrown in the towel. I don't know. I I don't know one then because this I I feel listened to and he we're gonna go. I I in preparing for this episode was looking over these things, going, wow, yeah, I get this in my relationship mm. and it's really nice. So I think mm. I, you know, and I feel honest that I could honestly say that. I think looking back, if you were to ask me about past relationships, I would say that, but I would be lying. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it does seem from my therapy Jeff point of view, mm-hmm. that you and Eli have a very healthy, open, communicative yes. relationship. Thank You're you. both killing it. You're doing great. We are. I imagine. And like, yeah. he's so, he responds to me so well, even when I'm like, uh, you know, in the depressed brain. And like the depressed monster is the one who he wakes up next to. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I see I'm talking to the depressed monster right now. Is Sarah available for me to talk to? <laughs> like, he doesn't say it like that, but that's kind of like what he's... 
do it in his action. So he's really nice. He's great. I have a dream that one day he'll like stop by the pod and just say hi. Just like I can just like we can hang out with him for like five or ten minutes or something. Oh my god, he would love that. Would he he actually do that? Yes. I think he would do that. He would absolutely (laughs) love to talk a little bit about relationships and all that stuff on here. Yeah, yeah. He's great. So maybe one day we'll set that up. Well, I know one activity that I love doing with my honey bunny, and that is spending time outdoors. And now you can't spend time outdoors without proper sun protection. And so we have a wonderful new sponsor that I'm so excited to share with you guys. Uh, Native skincare. Have you heard of Native sunscreen before, Jeff? I haven't. I'm just learning about it. I got my Native sunscreen, and I've been using it recently. And I'm in love with it. I want you to talk about, like, why we should not feel guilty about it. However, I want to talk about one of my favorite parts about it, which is that you can choose one of Native's three, what they say, and I support this, delicious but subtle (laughs) scents, like coconut, pineapple, rosé, or sweet peach and nectar. So it's kind of like bathing yourself in a LaCroix flavor. Oh, my God, (laughs) I love that. Which is very hip and very trendy. But tell us about, like, why we should feel, like, guilt-free when we use the sunscreen. Yeah, so not all sunscreens are created equal. There is a whole bunch of crap that they put in sunscreen, and I am a lover of nature and a lover of doing anything I can to protect the world, and there are a whole bunch of chemicals that are not only not good for us, but terrible for this freaking environment as well. There was even an act passed. It was called like the Hawaii like Reef Protection Act or Mm -hmm. something like that. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a, a... an act that was passed to limit and, and reduce any of these like terrible chemicals that are in sunscreens. And so they don't even sell sunscreen that have that crap in them in Hawaii. And native sunscreen is 100% Hawaii friendly. You can put that stuff on your skin and not only are you going to smell amazing and wonderful in that subtle, delicious way, but you're also going to be protected with zinc oxide, the stuff that is really good at keeping you from like getting burnt and make sure that we're not like damaging the reefs with a bunch of gross chemicals. Yes. Come it on. Matters. It does matter people. And you can smell like pineapple, which is my favorite scent. So give your skin the protection it deserves with natives, mineral sunscreens, go to nativedo.com slash TCE, or use the promo code TCE at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash TCE, or use promo code TCE at checkout nativedo.com slash TCE or use promo code TCE. Yes. Get your sunscreen. They've even got deodorant. Love it. Be ready for summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're talking about six different stages that the Gottmans typically talk about. So we're going to go through them with you and just like add to them as we typically do. So the first one is the falling in love stage. It's characterized by infatuation, excitement, idealization of your partner. Couples may experience a strong emotional connection, heightened sexual desire, and focus on each other's positive traits. The therapists a lot of times, or I call this the mutual positive projection stage. You call this the honeymoon stage because you're a normal person listeners (laughs) that are just like going through this. Um, Hands down, my favorite stage. How do you feel about it, Sarah? I love it. The thing that I've noticed, though, is the older I get and the more mature my relationships get, the shorter I feel like I spend in this falling in love stage. How short, yeah. how short is it now? How, how long was you and Eli's honeymoon stage? Uh, I think it was maybe like six months or so. 
Oh, that's that's good. That's a good chunk. Yeah, I think six months. Yeah. yeah, and and it was when we started. Well, you know what? In thinking about this, it was when we started to do things that were in the other phases that we're going to talk about that the love just shifted. It shifted mm. from that falling in love, like lusty feelings to, you know, what we talked about, I think in the beginning of the, this show, I had not mm-hmm. even said the L word. And oh, I was right. talking about how I need like action for love. I need to see like in that kind of building trust and commitment thing to know that I was in love and, mm-hmm the falling in love part, I felt like I had been so like, uh, I don't know, tricked by, or like, like, Mm. like that has been, it feels so good, but it's not enough in a way. It's like, it, it creates this great foundation that -hmm. you can then build all the, the rest of the stuff on. Mm -hmm. But Mm. it's shorter for me now. When does it? St- when, do, when does the honeymoon stage typically start for you? Does it start like the moment you start talking to someone, or do you eventually kind of like allow yourself to feel all the feels? Well, this is this is why this relationship has been kind of backwards from how I've done a lot of the other ones. Right. I, in the past, allowed my imagination or the idea of what the relationship could be to create those feelings of, of love, to, to mm. ha- kind of help in that falling in love. And then what I found is that I uh, sometimes either like ignored red flags when I was kind of caught up in that, or I would, you know, put a positive twist on things that maybe weren't that great qualities that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. And so I, and also I would, you know, look at their Instagram and like imagine mm. the kind of future I'm going to have and do a lot of like that kind of stuff. I didn't do that this time. I was like, no, I'm not going to let, and that's kind of like, you know, been positives in some ways and negative sure, in some ways. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I really tried to, to not let the feelings of love tell me what this relationship is and instead look at more of like a bird's eye view, like what's really going on in this relationship. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I get that. Like you're, you're protecting yourself. You're trying to be practical. You're trying to make sure the, you know, to not repeat patterns from the past that have led you astray. Um, yeah. I am, as you know, or listeners might know, I'm still, I'm just kind of like out there on the apps and I'm dating. Um, so I, I'm not like, in any relationship or seeing anyone seriously, I haven't like defined the relationship with anybody. And I feel like for me, once I define the relationship and we talk about what's going on here, then I really allow myself to sink into the honeymoon stage. Um, yeah, sort of maybe a little bit like you, I'm just like, all right, I don't know what's going on here. I'm not going to count on it. There's some fantasies that are coming up, but I'm not going to believe in them until it feels like we're really doing this. And then once we commit to each other, define it in a way that we both agree, then I really sink into it and feel so good. Oh, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I'm wondering if I even let myself sink into it and enjoy it. Maybe I haven't. Maybe I haven't even experienced that phase yet. Did you not feel like infatuation and idealization? I'm sure you did. No, I definitely did. And that strong sexual, like heightened sexual desire, like all of that. And like focus on positive traits. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there, I recently, 
saw, you know, Eli was on a reality show as well. He was on HGTV's uh, Design Star, and he was mm-hmm. the runner-up on an interior design show. And mm-hmm. so uh, there was like a year anniversary of the show being out, and or two years, something like that. And the winner put up a, a bunch of pictures of Eli from that season. And I was just looking back and they were kind of like the first pictures that I had seen of him because uh, I watched, I watched oh, the show yeah. and I got all of those same feelings again, looking Aww. at the photos. I was like, Oh my God, he's so cute. He's like <laughs> adorable. And so looking back on those photos that I was looking at during that time when I was kind of like falling in love with them, mm. triggered all of that again. And, oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. There, yeah. there is that, you know, like we said, there is a, typically like a lot of like strong sexual desire and it can feel really hot and sexy. However, sometimes I want to just sort of like validate that it makes sense that like sometimes the sex isn't quite there yet. When you first start hooking up with someone and being sexy, you're still learning each other's bodies. You're using your old moves on a new body and it's not quite working out. And so you kind of panic and you're also like not feeling as, I don't know, open or confident to ask for what you want sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you're both sort of like fumbling around a little bit. Uh, so it, every now and then the sex just sort of clicks for me in the honeymoon stage, but sometimes, most times maybe it, it drags a little bit and then eventually it catches up, you know? Yeah. That's a really good point to make for sure. Cause I think people think it's just all like hot and heavy all the time, but mm-hmm. no, sometimes old and familiar is <laughs> yes. where it's at. Exactly. But there's definitely this, the part of it where you're focusing on each other's positive traits. So you might not be like thinking or paying attention to the red flags or the imperfections or the flaws. And you don't quite know exactly what the relationship is going to look like. And so so you kind of slide into the second stage that the Gottmans talk about, which is building trust and commitment. So as the relationship progresses, couples work on establishing trust and security. This involves open communication, emotional vulnerability, and consistency in behaviors. Trust is built when partners show that they can be reliable, responsive, and attentive to each other's needs. Um, this is my favorite phase. You love that phase? I freaking love it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it's almost like a prove me wrong kind of thing. Like in my mm-hmm. head, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to trust this mm-hmm. person. I mean, mm-hmm. it's terrible. I'm like that, but it's just how it goes. I you know, put up walls because past relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when somebody can show me that they are not, like that or that I can trust them or they are able to, you know, like I talked before about when we went to the baseball game and, you know, I was like, yeah, I might be breaking up with them tonight. And then I ended up like (laughs) saying what I needed and he responded to me and validated all of my feelings. And I was like, damn, I think I love this man. Yeah, he really hit it out of the park at that yeah. baseball game. Uh-huh. And totally, yeah. yes, he did. It totally brought it into like that next stage of the relationship where he was showing me that he was consistent and that I could trust him. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there's whether you are deliberately doing this or not, there's like testing that's going on in this stage. Such a good point. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, are they showing up on time? Are they responding to my texts consistently? Um, It does it feel like there's some game playing here. Can I trust them? Does this feel okay? Because typically the the honeymoon period starts Mm -hmm. to fade just a little bit. And then you start to go into this like building trust and commitment phase. And there's also some grief in that sadness and that like the honeymoon is fading. So you have to kind of like leave that behind a little bit, but you're going into this place 
that should hopefully build a bunch of security. This is also where like some people start to drop off those folks that are kind of almost addicted to the honeymoon phase, to the excitement, to the passion, to like, to something that feels almost chaotic and a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Who knows? And so sometimes you prefer to lily pad maybe from one honeymoon phase to the next because Mm -hmm. security and stability and safety might not be as alluring as passion and excitement. You don't, it's not binary. You don't have to choose one or the other, but there, but there is like a fading that happens at the honeymoon stage. So, and and I think that like a lot of times, at at least for me, like during my twenties, security and stability was not hot. I wanted that passion and excitement that created a lot of dramatic relationships that I complained about and was very upset about, but I was making the choice of only having the honeymoons as long as I possibly could. And it wasn't until I got into my thirties where I was just like, I really want to settle down and settling down and feeling secure actually feels sexy and, and hot. And that feels like love. Oh, Mm -hmm. that, that takes a while to get there and to, Kind of feel, you know, one of the things in this in this building trust and commitment stage is that open communication. And if communication has been something you've struggled with or has been modeled, or you'd see kind of like avoidance or people shut down, then you're not going to be moving into these next mm-hmm. phases of the relationship because you're probably going to hang out more in that, like Lily Patty, like you said, from falling in love, like honeymoon stage to honeymoon stage, because it's asking for both parties really to be more mature in the relationships. And if the relationship, if people can't, then the relationship will be a more immature relationship. And those are 10, one tends to, those tend to be ones where they're just like hanging out in the honeymoon phase and then just pull the ripcord. Yeah, exactly. And also the Gottmans talk about, um, bids for connection. Uh-huh. Right. And so, and they also talk about like, they, they sort of hyper-focus on sometimes on the small bids for connection, the tiny little things that you do. So you're looking at your phone and you're reading an interesting article and you're like, Hey, look, babe, if they don't look, or if they don't ask more questions about that article, you, that's just like a tiny little bit of rejection and yeah. neglect. Or if you're like, do you want to go to this restaurant and they ignore you? Or if you're, do you want to like watch this TV show or, or just holding their hand a little bit, but they're kind of like, they got a limp hand or something. There's like, oh, God, tiny, that's the tiny... worst. <laughs> I know those little bits for connection, mm-hmm. you need to prioritize those as a couple when you're in a relationship, because if you don't, it adds up by, what is it like a thousand tiny cuts or whatever yes. it is. And, and it's, and it's no Death good by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. Yes. I I've thought of it as like, if you think of the relationship as this fabric that you guys like weave together, that when there is a, an, a bid for attention that goes unresponded to is like pulling out one of the threads of mm. that fabric mm-hmm. that over time it'll make it so it weakens the fabric of the relationship and it makes mm-hmm. it so it can't hold up and right. won't last. Yeah. Well, before we get into our next topic or next little number here, uh, I want to let you guys know about one of our sponsors that you guys are just loving. Thank you all so much for using the code. I'm hearing wonderful, wonderful things from our listeners out there who have started using Nutrafol. Nutrafol is a... uh, like oral supplement that you take to help with thinning hair. 
over 80 million men and women in the United States experience thinning hair. I mean, I myself, like, I don't know if it was stress. I don't know if it was environmental stuff. But starting about like two or three years ago, I definitely noticed a change in my hair density. And my hair is like my life source. So I got to do every single thing I can <laughs> your brand. to like hold. It is my brand. My hair is my brand. <laughs> I got to like hold on to what I can. And now I have just been preaching the good word of Nutrafol to so many people. I even got Eli's mom hooked up with a few bottles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sharing it with everyone and, uh, we are sharing it with you guys too. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's, I, it's, I experienced thinning hair because of my Jewish mother and family. <laughs> it's just hereditary, but I use Nutrafol and I'm fighting that, those genetics as best I can. And it is working for me. Um, and also thinning is different for men and women and Nutrafol has multiple yes. unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and their age. Um, so if you want to support us, we encourage you to check it out. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code CHANGES to save $10 off your first month subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Please go now. You get free shipping on every order. You get $10 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code CHANGES. Mm-hmm. I told my hairdresser about it uh, because my co-host on the Brain Candy podcast had an experience where her hairdresser melted off, like she left her under the, uh, no. like under the dryer for too long with bleach in her hair. She lost like a third of her hair, no. and she has been using Nutrafol to like stimulate hair growth and get back a lot of what she lost. And it has taken a long time, but she is so grateful. And now I've been able to like watch it and measure it and notice the hair growth that she has. And now she's able to pull it all up into a ponytail and I can see that it's such a thicker ponytail on the top of her head, even than what she had before. And so then my hair, I was telling my hairdresser the story and she's like, Oh my God, I've heard of that stuff. It's great. I'm so glad. And she started using, everybody's using it. So hop on board the Nutrafol train. You guys are going to love it. The, the third stage is navigating conflicts. Mm-hmm. Conflicts, as we know, are inevitable in any relationship. The Gottman's research highlights the importance of managing conflicts effectively. This there is like to- when people say, oh, we want to fight well. Yes, exactly. Uh, so the Gottmans introduced the concept of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That's criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Those are all like really destructive communication patterns that can harm a relationship. Learning to address the conflicts in a constructive manner can strengthen the bond between the partners. What I was going to say is that what I love about their books and the way that they like talk about shit is that you can just do the stuff. You can just be better at like the small bids of, for connection. Yeah. You can just, we're going to go over the four. Yes. Uh, 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 of <laughs> Yes. I can't talk, which is important for a podcast, but you can, (laughs) you can like do these things. You can change your relationship right now for the better. So the four um, horsemen of apocalypse, the first one is criticism, which is kind of like, we all know what criticism is. It's when you, you know, give critical negative feedback Mm -hmm. and you just kind of like keep on doing it. It's just something, it almost like there's like this pattern where you need to, as best you can see your partner, 
with rose tinted glasses as much as you, or, or give them like the benefit of the doubt, let them positively influence you. I think the Gottmans actually talk about like really how important it is for, uh, to give your partner the benefit of the doubt. If they let you down or if they hurt you, or if they disappoint you, they probably didn't do that on purpose. They love you. Maybe you don't have to criticize them so much. And we sometimes, you know, when we're feeling less than feel like the easiest way to feel better is to point out what Mm -hmm. somebody else is doing bad. And, you know, if we're feeling like, oh man, my, my partner's judging me for whatever, then Mm -hmm. sometimes we can respond to that by judging them right back and like Mm kind of go a little tit for tat and, like you said, being aware of how you are doing these things, the way you may be criticizing or even like, I, I find that my feelings and like my self-esteem or self-worth changes so much of, about like what I bring to the relationship. Mm. Like if I'm feeling good, then I am less critical and less judgmental because I'm being less critical and less judgmental of myself. And mm-hmm. so I'm less like that to other people. Mm hmm. I also like the thing that I, uh, I can try, I, I think I'm like a funny guy. And so uh, sometimes my humor is uh-huh. self-deprecating for me and or I'm like teasing you. And that comes off mm-hmm. as really critical. Uh, even though I think I'm having a fun time and we're all on the same page, if I keep on doing that, then that's not going to feel good. You're going to pull away. Yeah. Objective. I can be yeah. extra sensitive to that kind of thing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, oh. so, yeah, yeah, I get that. it. That yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then that criticism can sometimes turn into contempt. So contempt is kind of like anger, but you're always, you go from like zero to 100 really quick. So if you're feeling contempt for somebody and they do something to kind of like ruffle your feathers a little bit, you're just like, here we fucking go again. You're yeah. just like, look at this. You're always disappointing me. You never are there for me. The always, the nevers, like you're yes. like constantly saying that bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you go and you look and like the trash isn't taken out and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like yes. there was probably a reason they probably forgot. Like, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And not... the Gottmans are trying to like encourage people to take a step back yeah. and be uh, compassionate to your partner's situation and not quickly go to contempt. Uh-huh. But if there's criticism, if there's anger, if there's frustration, if there's resentment that isn't addressed, it typically turns into contempt and you're constantly getting into these stupid fucking fights that you can't stand, which then causes the next mm-hmm. one, which is defensiveness. I mean, obviously, right? You're going to want to defend yourself when you're feeling criticized or when somebody is contemptuous, right? And even in, in becoming defensive, you know, it, it is much easier to become defensive when, uh, you feel like there's a threat to the relationship Mm. or, oh no, what's something bad is going to happen. Like defensiveness is like a a self-protection. Like it's how we... Mm-hmm. Well, defend ourselves and you know mm-hmm. it's how we like cope and if we can remember that we are like in a way giving the be- the relationship the benefit of the doubt as well and like remind yourself like the the point of this person bringing you this information is hopefully not to make you feel bad or not to tell you that you're the worst person ever but to make the relationship better to mm-hmm. improve things. And when you're both on the same page with that, you, the defensiveness comes down a bit. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then the fourth one, which is kind of a, like a red alert if you or your partner or both of you, all of you are doing this, is stonewalling, which is just sort of like being like, uh, check mm-hmm. it out. You mm-hmm. know, like, I'm not even here for this fucking fight. You're numb to it. You're being avoidant. You're not emotionally connected at all. That it, when, you're, when, when you come into my office as a couple and one of you or both of you are stonewalling, it's just like, all right, we're going to go on a journey here. There's been some yeah. pain. You have shut down. You're feeling maybe like one mm. foot out of the relationship or something. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to recover sometimes when you've been stonewalling for a very long time. Yeah. So if you ever notice that you're stonewalling, it's really important to acknowledge that and do something about it. Yeah. And stonewalling is kind of like the ignoring of those bids for attention. When mm-hmm. somebody is reaching towards you and you are ignoring them, you are not even like emotionally, like I've, I've heard that the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. Mm-hmm. And so that feeling of just like, I don't even care what you're mm-hmm. talking about right now. Mm-hmm. That exactly. ooh, is painful. Ugh, it hurts. So yeah. what, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot a little bit here. Okay. If somebody, yeah. if couples are getting into okay. fights and they're having a hard time navigating it, do you have any advice on like good, healthier ways for them to get into arguments? Uh, okay, so there are a few things that that I'm a fan of. One, there I heard this recently. Didn't you say like you got to boop it, boop things, just like change things? Was that you who said no, that? No, that wasn't. Me. Oh, what that was, was that? must have been <laughs> Eli and I were probably saying how sometimes you just need to like take the relationship and and just go boop. Oh, you know what it was? It was from that great show Shrinking. Do you watch that? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's yeah. so good. I love uh-huh. it. It's it's great. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Not very ethical as a therapist. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't recommend. We're going to put that aside. We're going to like. We're going to put that aside. It's a great job. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's saying, you know, sometimes you just got to like, like change it up and like do things differently. And there, there's, um, I think it's Milan therapy, this style of of couples Mm. therapy where they will do something or they will call it like perturbing the system where they change things on their head. They'll even recommend have the same fight you always have, but with your clothes on in the bathtub. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I'm into stuff like that. I'm like, if there, if you could change the scene, you can mix it up. You can like, sometimes it'll, it'll even help you realize how ridiculous it is that they're, arguing about whatever it is you're arguing about or you know like using proper techniques which is um you know making sure that the time that you're going to have mm. these conversations is appropriate for both people um you know Eli used a trick that you shared on this podcast oh what did he do he said that he heard on our show that you talked about like giving somebody the heads up with a text message of like hey I want to talk about this subject. Like, mm-hmm. let's talk about this. And I was out like doing errands and he sent me a message of like, and reassured me like, everything is good. I am committed to our relationship, but I want to talk about a few things. And I was like, oh, what? I got so scared. I <laughs> left hard immediately and like drove home and was like, I'm here. What, what, let's talk about this. But it felt like I wasn't, um, um, like steamrolled. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't come at me all at once. I felt prepared for it. He reassured me that this wasn't like a, mm-hmm. I'm breaking up with you conversation. And it right. was so sweet and kind. And 
Yeah. So I think like preparing for a, a conversation and like, he's good at knowing like what days, you know, Tuesday and Thursdays mm-hmm. are like my crazy podcast days that I'm like gone forever and working mm-hmm. real late. So like, we're not going to have one of those conversations then. And, um, yeah. And I, I think there are tools and then you almost have to like make promises to each other about how you are going to choose to fight. Like I have said, you know, after it being in the marriage that I was in and how we fought and really not liking that, I said, I am never going to yell in a relationship. I'm never going. So if it gets to that point, we will take a timeout. And we've talked about negotiated timeouts and having an, an actual, like, which is like a step-by-step thing that you could like plan out with your partner. Of if we feel like it's getting to be too intense we're going to take a time out. It's going to be to these different spaces for this amount of time. We're going to return to the conversation later when things are cooled down, but really like setting the stage to have the healthiest conversation that we can have. So there's a subject that is one of those subjects that, oh gosh, they say like, these are the things that couples fight about. Mm -hmm. It's like finances, chores and children and sex. And you know, we can't help you with the other ones. Well, maybe we can, maybe in future episodes, but one that I can help you out with, well, I can't help you out, but rocket money can is getting your finances in order. You guys have heard me talk about rocket money for a few episodes. Now I cannot tell you how much I love this app. I have changed so much about how I approach finances, how I manage uh, my money. I feel like uh, a lot of the anxiety that I had around what, like worrying about my finances, worrying about where I was spending money has gone away because I now use rocket money to feel in control of my finances, to know what's going on, and you guys are just going to freaking love it if you guys have not tried it yet. Yes. Rocket Money is the best. It is. And, it, um, you know, embarrassingly, I guess, like the way that I typically like deal with my money is typically through avoidance. I just like mm. try not to look at my bank account and I cross my fingers and hope that I have enough money in there. Um, I feel like anxiety or panic sometimes when I like log into my banking app. But... Using Rocket Money, like it feels like they keep an eye on it for me, and so they alert yes. me when there's like a change in my spending or subscriptions mm-hmm. that can like save me money. That's worked for you, where like it alerted you when you're yep. when it thought that you're paying your insurance uh, way too high. Yeah, it yeah. was like, hey, you're a little high for this, and then it negotiated me down like twenty thirty dollars a month, which oh, that saves me. I've saved so much. I mean, over eighty percent of people out there have subscriptions that they just forget about, and chance are you are one of these mm-hmm. 80%. I know I am. Mm-hmm. Like we just watch a show one time and you know I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll do the sign up for the free trial." And then I totally forget about it. And all those things add up. Yes. So Rocket Money helps me very easily cancel the subscriptions I don't want. But now what I really use it for is to help me with things like budgeting. Like it breaks it down so easy. So I know the exact dollar amount that I have to spend or that I have to spend each day and to save the money that I want to save to do the things I want to do. Yeah. We love it. So stop throwing away your money, cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash TCE. That's rocketmoney.com slash TCE rocketmoney.com slash TCE. You won't regret it. Yes. All really great tips. Do what Sarah says. Yeah, I'll just I'll just add one, well, another actual like uh, kind of what you're saying, but what the Gottmans call rescue attempts. 
Oh, where tell um, me about if, this. if you're in an argument and you're and things are starting to kind of like boil or get a little like heated or something, one of you or both of you, but one of you should try to create a rescue attempt. And a rescue attempt can be like you being really funny and cute and adding levity or like being really vulnerable and being like, oh no, I just want to reconnect and I'm kind of scared or doing that little boop. Like that's a rescue attempt. However, I had a friend who used to just whip a titty out every time he came. (laughs) She'd be like, ah, ah, and then she'd just flash him and Uh it worked every time. She's like, works every time. (laughs) (laughs) Those are rescue attempts. The most important part is not just doing it. I mean, you got to do it, but then if you're the other person, you have to like receive it and be open to it. And a lot of times if somebody tries to do a rescue attempt, you're, you're just like, no, I'm fucking going here. I'm pissed off. And you ignore it. And sometimes you don't acknowledge the rescue attempt Mm-hmm. until the second or third or fourth time. Mm-hmm. So if you do so if you do a rescue attempt and it doesn't work, a lot of times you're just like, oh, I'm not going to do that again. Do it again and yeah. again and again, yeah. like at least three or four times so that the person, like give them a chance because they're not in their right mind. They might be hijacked. Totally. Really upset, <gasps> right? Yep. So there's that. Yep. You know what I am trying to do? I, I am aware of how I do this and now I'm, I'm so trying hard to not do this and, and to, to change how I respond. But I, when like I, we're having one of these conversations will kind of be cold and reject Mm. his efforts to reach out and put a hand on my leg and, you know, like give me a nice Mm -hmm. gentle touch. And I almost in a way was like stonewalling those. Yeah. Yeah, and actions. those are those are rescue attempts yeah. that you're just like and brushing aside. And I have aside. to like yeah. totally. And I recognize. I even recognized the other day when I was being all sad and depressy that I and he was like trying to help me and being wonderful. That my body language, like I wasn't even looking at him. I had my arms crossed, and I was like, "You are like a child right now." In my head, mm-hmm. I was saying, mm-hmm. "Sit up, let this man who's talking to you in this wonderful, kind way right now, you know, talk to him like." Let him in. With match. Yeah, let him in. Have matched energy. And it helped me, too. It helped me calm down. It helped me get out of that kind of like action precedes attitude. Like I I sat up and I wasn't like buried in the couch anymore. And I let and I put my hand on his hand and it kind of brought the walls down. It, it was my well, really it was like a defensiveness that I was bringing in there mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm is all my own fears and my own stuff. So in our, you know, like, they're not even arguments. They're more just like heart to heart talks about stuff in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been really aware of the ways that I am defensive without even meaning to be like, those are not, I don't want to be like that, but. Right. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. that's, and so you're doing, so the Gottmans talk about another phase, which is sort of almost like this is how you respond to the the conflicts, which we've talked about a bunch now. But uh, it's called the like the turning towards each other sort of mm-hmm. thing. So the Gottmans emphasize the importance of partners turning towards one another by responding positively to each other's bids for attention, affection, and support. Yes. This helps to build emotional connection and maintain the relationship's uh, stability. And Sarah was like 
presented with a choice of like, mm-hmm. is she going to sit there and be a little kid and cross her arms and turn away? Yep. Or is she going to turn towards her partner and open up and be there? And it might take like a day. It might take a week. It might take five minutes, whatever. Yes. Like, but eventually you have to make the choice and you made the right choice. I knew in that moment, I was like, you will be teaching him that he shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. shut down right now, Sarah. Mm-hmm. And I had that awareness. I was like, don't, do that. You have the power to change this right now. Ooh, it is so freaking hard because in a way it like it feels kind of dangerous mm-hmm. or unfamiliar, which is scary. And it feels like I'm letting down my defenses. I'm I'm vulnerable. I'm more vulnerable. And yeah. oh, it's so hard to be a person, Jeff. <laughs> For me, in those moments, the reason that I don't want to turn towards my person, like the the belief that comes up for me, is there's no way they'd be able to handle me. Or there's no way that they'd be able to support me. I'm too emotionally complicated or heavy or sensitive and i'm just which is i can like track that back to like these are like original messages that i received when i was a kid so it makes sense but every time i don't open up to them i'm proving to myself that i am too much and that i am too sensitive or i am too emotionally complicated and then it makes it so that i don't even give that chance that person a chance to be there for in Maybe I'm right. Maybe they actually can't be a good support system. I should fucking find out. Yeah. I should give them the opportunity to do that. And if they can't do it, then I should tell them how they can do it. And I should also kind of maybe accept that they're not going to be 100% amazing at being the support system that I imagine I want them to be. And But are they good enough? Because I'm going to have to accept good enough even if they're not going to be perfect. Right? Man, that's tough. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. tough. But like you're saying, it's scary. It's vulnerable. It's really hard mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. And turning towards each other. Just next time you guys are in a little discussion, a little <laughs> argument, and you feel that urge to just not even make eye contact, mm. I want you to just remember this number four, turning towards each other, and just do a little experiment. And yeah. then write to us about it like leave a comment leave a review on like itunes or spotify and say oh my god i did that and it was so scary but it totally changed things da 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 da, Mm because it it does and it will it does and it will ah god and it's not and just one last thing about kind of like conflicts and turning towards um Mm -hmm. I'm not super worried usually about how many conflicts or arguments you're getting into. I'm more focused on how you're reconnecting and how you're turning towards each other. And if you're like learning and growing and evolving Mm -hmm. and you can, as long as you're learning and growing and evolving at any pace, it could be a really slow pace. As long as you're kind of moving forward most of the time, then I love that for you all. So don't get too freaked out if you get into a lot of arguments, but do get freaked out if you're like leaving them feeling contemptuous, mm-hmm. feeling like you want to stonewall, feeling like the other person is just being a fucking turd or being mean or yelling. Um, yeah. So the next, the next stage is uh, number five creating shared meaning. So in this stage, couples develop a shared sense of meaning and purpose in their lives. This may include shared values, goals, and rituals that reflect their unique 
bond by creating a shared narrative, couples can foster a deeper connection and a sense of belonging. So you're like really sinking in to the relationship mm-hmm. in this stage, right? I love this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've really experienced this. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. some things, maybe some like shared. I feel like we're connected in this way when we're hiking or in nature and it mm-hmm. feels like, oh my gosh, this person really gets like they value the same things I do that. I know that he's looking at that sunset over that lake and having the same emotional response that I ha- I am and is so happy to be there. And it feels like that deepens our connection, our love, that sense mm-hmm. of belonging, like you said, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah you kind of have to make this. Yes. It doesn't yeah. just happen. Mm-mm. It doesn't. Sometimes it's kind of like... So you can create it like Sarah does where she goes dumb camping and looks at <laughs> dumb lakes. I don't know what the fuck stars who gives a shit. Crazy. But, uh, <laughs> so you can, you can do that if you want. If you both love doing that, then go ahead and create those situations. It can also happen if you, if one of you like loses your job or something, or there's some like trauma that oh. happens or uh, some like really difficult thing that you have to go through together that kind of defines the relationship of this is going to be hard. There's a bit of trauma. My dad just died and I need you to yes. be there for me. Right. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, you know, you lose a pet or something. There's like some mm. like really difficult thing that happens and you both come together and then you look back on that time, six months, a year, five, 10 yeah. years later, and you're like, Oh my God, that really defined who we were. And we bonded. We got so much closer because of this tragedy, but look mm. at us. We're so strong. We're so I do mean. hear that from so many couples that are good, strong couples. They will say, oh, what's the secret? I think, man, we've just like been through a lot together. He was able to support me during this time. You know, they were able to have mm-hmm. my back when I went through this. And those are the things that really like set mm-hmm. those special relationships apart, you know? You know what? I've got a great idea for how to create shared meaning in a relationship. What about learning a language together? I bet a lot of you guys have maybe even had learning, have had learning a language as like a personal goal. And it's very difficult. I mean, let's be real. Like for most of us learning a second language in high school or college, like didn't do a lot. I mean, for me, I learned very little, but I have this strong desire to learn more things and strong desire to like share things with the person that I'm with. And so I have a great offer for you guys. Now, thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, you can make learning a new language super, super fun. So Babbel's 15 minute lessons make it, it's like the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. It makes it so super easy. There are whole bunch of fun languages to choose from. And, you know, wouldn't it be like super romantic and like fun mixing it up a little bit if you could like I don't know, say like a romantic phrase in Italian to your loved one. Oh, I love this idea. So if you have had the goal of learning a new language or want to just like challenge yourself with learning a new language right now, when you purchase a three month Babbel subscription, you get an additional three months free. That's right. Six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use the promo code TCE. That's dot com slash TCE as in this change everything. And, you know, then I would love to hear what languages you guys are interested in learning. Um, you know, I, I 
feel like I know a little bit of Italian, but not enough to say something romantic to my partner. And I would love to brush up on that. So I've started using Babbel. I can't wait to learn more. And I hope you guys will join me in learning a new language and maybe like share some new uh, romantic, I don't know, exchanges with your partner. Okay. Back to our list. The Gottmans also talk about um, asking your partner what their dreams and goals are and then trying to figure out how you're going to support them on that journey. And it doesn't mean that you have to be like, oh, you love camping. I'm going to get into camping too. It could just be like, I love that you love camping and I support you. And I hope that you go find all your camping friends and I'll take care of the dogs while you're off like doing your backpacking or whatever. And tell me all about it. I'm so excited that you're into it. So, but, or you can do the backpacking with them. It might work a little bit better if you do it that way, but what are your dreams? What are your goals? Whether they're like career goals or personal goals or creative goals or family goals. Like if you, if you will, if you want to start a family and have kids, you're both creating that Mm -hmm. uh, goal together. So asking what the dreams are, trying to figure out how to support your person to get there. And there's also some chances to kind of go back to that falling in love stage, even just Mm. exploring, you know, I think that, that the best way to strengthen love and to deepen love is to have a curiosity about your partner and to go in there with like, okay, what is, what are their values and goals and what is the, the, what are the things that matter to them? And, and in there, you, you may learn things that make you love your partner in totally new ways or just have like this new curiosity for them. And that kind of makes us feel all those lovey dovey feelings. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's rhymey, but it's instead of me, it's we sort of thing. You create that shared yeah. narrative together and that's what like deepens the connection. You have a real sense of belonging. It feels like your family. You created mm. this family. Even if you're just a couple or if you have pets or if you have kids, like now you're a family and there's a shared oh, belonging. Oh, that so bad. You're on the road. I know yeah? I am. That's like uh-huh. the cutest thing in the whole world. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into number six, the last stage, um, keeping the love alive stage. Long-term relationship success depends on maintaining love and affection over time. Mm -hmm. The Gottman suggests engaging in regular rituals that promote emotional connections, such as date nights, expressing appreciation, and practicing effective communication. So again, like this is a theme where like you're deliberately doing the things in order to keep the relationship alive and loving and sweet and happy and positive. Um, and, and this is your, so it feels silly, but like date nights are important, right? They're so important because what it's saying is that you are putting effort and energy and prioritizing your partner slash the relationship. And when we prioritize the people that, you know, we're in relationships with, it makes them feel loved. It makes them feel secure. It, it, it says that I'm doing something different for us and for you right now by, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't even have to be like, you know, you don't know it. You can have a date night at home in your house 
-hmm. by having like a picnic on the floor. It just is like, let's put, there's a different energy that goes into it. It's like, you know, we're going to be cooking dinner, but maybe we'll listen to music and we're going to be like talking together while we do it instead of like one person watching TV while the other person's like Mm -hmm. microwaving something, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. this, it, it can be, it's just the effort and the intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, you have to nurture the relationship. You have to like water it in order for it to grow. Um, and if you don't know what a good date night might be, you should just ask your person. Like, yes. <laughs> ask them what, what do you think want. a good date night is? And mm-hmm. you just, and there is something like, I, I do things different. Like if Eli is like, I'm, if he's like, Hey, we're going out to get dinner. I don't feel like cooking not bringing any different energy into that. Right. But he's like, and it doesn't even have to be him paying for it. We could split the bill. But if he's mm-hmm. like, look, we're going out on a date night. I'm wearing different underwear that night. Like, do you <laughs> right. understand? It t- it's like one phrase, one sentence and everything changes. Like <laughs> I might shave above the knee, something <laughs> crazy like that. Right. So, you know, just like it's that, Oh, we're going to have, Oh, it's special. Uh-huh. It's different. It's uh-huh. exactly. You know, I want to like, make a run recommendation. If you do do sort of like a cliche date night, which I love going out to dinner, being cute, coming home, having sex, that sort of stuff. I would encourage you to try maybe having sex before you go out for dinner. Oh, I love it. Just cause when I come back, I'm full, oh, I'm tired. It's never going to happen. Right? I'm bloated. Uh, you know, there's maybe like a little bit of pressure, like this is what's going to happen next. But when you do it before, then you feel even more connected. You feel even more sexier. Sexy time under the table. You rub his leg or my legs that are recently shaved. So... (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> um, but do it in whatever order works for you and your partner or partners. Yes, I love that. Yeah. That is, yes. that is a really, really good suggestion. But just I'm going to do that one myself. Yeah. yeah do that one. The intention of always like, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, dating a man with a Jewish tummy. <laughs> That's all I'll say. You know, you know, Jeff. I do know. I you do know. know. Yeah. And you, that, that's a sensitive Jewish tummy and you yeah. got to respect it. And so, and- if it's feeling good, then go ahead and like jump on sex instead of right. risking it. Right. Put, yes. Yeah. So what? We can't do it afterwards. Good point. Good point. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Anything else that you feel like we should add to this or? Uh, yeah. You know, one of the things is like, remember that relationship growth is not always linear and that mm. couples may move between these stages as we navigate the complexities of life together. And, you know, there, there are sometimes, like I said, you can go back to those honeymoon stages. If you feel like, like, I think that now that we've talked about this, I am, I'm going to go back to that, like falling in love stage and see if I can just like a baseball game. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Uh it's baseball season, you know, (laughs) exactly. Get out there. As you said. So yeah, you can, you can skip between these and, and, it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. Ah, okay, good talk, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, do not forget to leave us a five-star review. Thank you guys so much. If you've been listening to the show and you love the show and feel like it has been helping you, then you can help us by uh, using our codes for things and leaving us amazing reviews. We read all of them, so, like, be nice. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. This is how my voice is. Just deal with it. <laughs> 
I'm never. It's never going to be different. You can say Sarah's voice is too loud or too. It's, that's not going to change in those comments, like voice in her comments. So just say nice things. There we go. And we love you all, and we hope that you are loving uh, this. Changes everything, and we'll see you next time. Okay. Bye.